Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, tons to get to, lots to talk about. Bottom of the hour, Cicely Davis. She is running for District 5, Republican, great state of, uh, of Minnesota. She's running in the district that Elon Omar is the representative from now. Would be great to see a member of the squad leave. And, and Cicely is not happy about the Biden administration now um, pandering to the black community saying, hey, got more crack pipes for you. Going to spend $30 million to sing you some crack pipes. We've got that for you and an awful lot more. So, Carrie, what did you think about my appearance on Newsmax today, by the way? Um, I thought it was great. <laughs> what? Well, what, what did you like about yeah. it specifically? Like, what did um, I say that you were like, hey, like, man, that's awesome. It was right around the middle. Right in the middle. Towards you know? the end. Right. Yeah, right around the middle towards the end. Right. That was my favorite part. Well, what, what, yeah. what, what was the topic? Remember? Oh, politics, you know, COVID. Oh, politics and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were. You actually yeah, kind of yeah, got it. Right. We, we, talk, we talk about it on this show tonight. I mean, you don't remember what I talked about today? With that, we actually, we've already done the topic tonight. Mm, okay. Good. Right. It was right. great. You I remember, right? totally enjoyed it. Which topic? Really did. Which one? Uh, was it about the president? No, no, no. It wasn't about the president, no. Uh, We've done the topic tonight at, at length, yeah. <laughs> what? Dude, it's 7 o'clock already. Uh, two hours. It's a long time. I've had a really long day. I guess this is what you get. I don't know. No, what, what was no. I talking about? What was I talking about? Uh, well, we talked about the president. Yes, we did, but that wasn't it. Um, and the letter. Right, you know, right, right, right. From those lawmakers. Letter, definitely. Um, what else did we talk about? Um mm-hmm. Right. Uh, eggs and meat. Eggs and meat. Yep. We did not talk about that on Newsmax today. Thank you. I did not talk about my argument with CJ about eggs or meat. I don't remember what we talked about. I'll give you. I'll give you one hint, and then I'm going to play the original song. I'm not going to play oh, your stupid on. song. No, come on. The Peach State. Oh, oh, Stacey Abrams. Whatever. On a Wednesday. Not a very good friend, but I'll play it anyway. I can't even see your chair dance today. Oh, I'm dancing. Oh, whatever. Yeah, you dance around the whole room, right? <laughs> Let's go. I don't know why I do it, to be honest with you. Because it's a great song. I don't know if I go that far, to be honest. It's a, it's a, I agree with half that. It is a song. <laughs> without, a, without a doubt, it's a song. I'm going to give you that one, without a doubt. Um, all right, let's, let's get into um, Mitch McConnell. I've always been very skeptical of this guy. I remember I filled in in Kentucky, and I can't remember the name of the host. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I can't think of the guy's name. But either way, I was feeling I was doing a show, and I'm just going on and on about something that McConnell was doing probably six, seven years ago, maybe even longer than that. And I was pushing for the guy that was primarying him to to win. Um, and the McConnell team called the show not to talk to me, but to talk to the producer to tell me to stop saying that. Oh, really? Okay. So, oh, well, what do you think I did then? 
uh, kept talking about it. For two more hours. <laughs> yeah, I really let Mitch have it. And, and, I, and on the air, I was like, you know, if you have a set, call in right now. Let's yeah. debate it right now. I, I want Mitch McConnell's ass on this show right now. Let's talk about it. Um, this guy is the weaseliest guy I think that I've ever seen. And, and um, I mean, just his facial expressions alone tell you he doesn't have a backbone. And whenever he has a backbone, that backbone shows up to support the left. I mean, what he said, just the verbiage that he used was so extremely stupid that this tells me that, A, he's not going to be a supporter of Trump um, should Trump decide to run again in 2024, which I think he will, and, uh, and B, he's going to be a thorn in his side. Now, if I'm a Republican in Congress, in the Senate specifically, or a conservative, I wouldn't be a Republican to be a conservative. Um, but if I caucus with the Republicans, I would do all I could to take this guy out of leadership. When he makes this statement, this tells me he should not be in leadership right now in that body. Now, Carrie, fill, fill those who are listening in on what it is that I'm alluding to. From NBC News, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell disagreed Tuesday with the Republican National Committee's recent censure of two GOP lawmakers, as well as its characteriz- characterization of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. We all were here. We saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was, McConnell told reporters at his weekly news conference. His remarks added to a backlash from Democrats and numerous Republicans after the RNC approved a resolution Friday accusing Representative Liz Cheney and Representative Adam Kinzinger of participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse, a reference to the January 6th committee. Cheney and Kinzinger are the only GOP members of the House panel. McConnell also said Tuesday the RNC should not be in the business of picking and choosing Republicans who ought to be supported, adding the National Committee's role is to back all members of the party. The issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC, he said. McConnell's comments also contrast with those of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who has evaded questions about the RNC's depiction of January the 6th. But McCarthy criticized Cheney and Kinzinger when asked about the censure resolution. This is a pure political committee. I think those two individuals would have a hard time ever coming back to Congress, McCarthy said Friday on Fox News. The tactical split between the two Republican leaders points to their contrasting strategies for the 2022 midterm election. Okay, so let's break this down. Now, Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to make sure I have this right. McConnell, the Senate the Senate minority leader, um, who didn't even fight to be the majority leader, to be honest with you, it's 50-50, he actually called it a violent insurrection. Yes, he did. And he actually said that the GOP, the party, should not have censured both Cheney and Kinzinger. Did, do I have this right? You do, yes. What is the, What are the Democrats mad at? He just sided with them. Because in the story, you literally said Democrats and Republicans are both unhappy with them. Yes. Well, what did Democrats say? What, what, what is their beef? Did, did it go into it at all? Uh, let me see. Um, mostly Republican, no. Nothing about what the Democrats have a problem with. So it's very strange. The Democrats hate him anyway, and he needs to understand that. He's not going to make any friends by saying this about, about January 6th. Why can't he just be normal and factual and call it what it was? What it was was a violent riot by a small number of people out of a ton of people that were peacefully protesting. Um, I mean, by his definition, I guess I could call every time BLM and Antifa riot and looting go nuts an insurrection. 
It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You, you know what I mean? All he had to say was that it was a violent riot, and if he's against the censure of Cheney and Kinzinger, I'm okay with him being against that. I disagree with him, but he can say that as the, as the minority leader. I get it. I understand it. But here's my problem. He uses the terminology invented and created by CNN, MSNBC, and the left uh, in the House and Senate. He's using their terminology to what? Say, here's my white flag? What kind of a leader is this guy? And why don't we have a Ted Cruz or a Ron Johnson or somebody who's the leader, a Tim Scott, somebody other than, than Mitch McConnell as the alleged leader? I don't understand how weak the Republicans need to show the Democrats they are. We are so weak. Watch this. It's just so crazy to me. It just is. I don't understand why we're here. Yet we're here, and, and and we keep on getting back to some mealy-mouthed Republican. You've got this kabuki theater with this January 6th thing. You've got Kinzinger and Cheney agreeing with everything the left says. Mitt Romney, too, because he doesn't like big bad Donald Trump. But the leader in the Senate of the party is going to also side with them by using this language? It's crazy to me. I don't understand why this guy is in so-called leadership. He has shown himself to be mealy-mouthed and, and uh, spineless. He, he's a non-vertebrae. And, and, and I, I w- proved me wrong. Carrie, I'm going to need to see some x-rays of Mitch McConnell's mm. back. Okay. I think it's a whole lot of nothing back there. I'm just putting it out there. So if you're listening right now, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, do you want this to be your political leader in the Senate? Let's say Chuck Schumer acted like this, which he never would. Chuck Schumer is a liar and a hypocrite and contradicts himself every day and stands firmly by the contradictions. He's like, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. Mitch McConnell is looking to have lunch with Schumer or something. I don't understand unless McConnell is is showing his, his hand right now. I am not in Donald Trump's camp, period, end of story. Let's get somebody else in there. Your thoughts, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. The Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Your thoughts about Mitch McConnell having no backbone. Your thoughts about Mitch McConnell basically taking the talking and walking points of the left in this whole January 6th thing. And, and I mean, is it just to go after Donald Trump? Is there something else going on here? Let's go to the phone lines. David's in West Virginia. David, what do you think? Well, I think that Trump... You know, he's getting a bad deal. It wasn't an insurrection. It was a peaceful demonstration that got out of hand. People were upset. We need to pay him back in this election. Um, Mitch McConnell has never really been a, a stand-up Republican. He He's like Manchin. He lives on the fence. He just falls where the chips fall. We need somebody with a backbone that will—oh, let me say something about the vaccine. I've had all three of my shots. And David, I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Now, now those listening are going to say, well, that's not fair. Why'd you hang up on David? Because we're talking about Mitch McConnell. 
I actually, I actually set the tone for the show, and I choose what we're going to talk about. And I love you like a brother, but it's not Free Speech Friday. So just sort of steamrolling over into another topic, that's not going to work for me. But David, I appreciate you, and I, and I, and I appreciate what you said about McConnell. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com if you'd rather send me an email. Um, he's right about what he said with Mitch McConnell. He's got no backbone. And, then, and I say that, and then I mean it, and I'll give you five examples. And then he'll do something that's so extremely conservative. I'll go, well, wait a second. Did Mitch wake up? Remember, he voted against impeachment and conviction, but then he gave a big, long excuse why it really was a problem, and uh, just by the way that the impeachment rules and laws are written, you couldn't possibly impeach because of this. The guy is weak-kneed. So is the bigger problem the problem that Mitch McConnell is a wishy-washy flip-flopper, or is the bigger problem that those who are in the Senate who are Republicans are afraid to kick him out of leadership. What could he possibly have on every Republican that nobody's speaking out against him? And maybe some have today because of what he said yesterday. Maybe some haven't. I just haven't seen it yet. I'm guessing there are some that are willing to talk out, speak out against him. But what, what does he have on everybody else? I know I've got Rand Paul on, so I think I've got Rand Paul on tomorrow. Or did we move that? It looks like we ended up moving that, which is a shame. Because I would love to ask Rand Paul, what the hell's going on? Why would we continue to have this guy as quote-unquote leadership when he doesn't seem to understand anything when it comes to leading a party and leading a movement? Whether you like it or not, Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party nationally. Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate for the Republican Party, should be with him period. No questions asked. Back at it. Let me say hello and welcome to line three. Adam is in Minnesota. Adam, what's going on? Hi. Did you say Ed or Adam? Uh, the name appears to be Adam. Is that you? Okay. No, my name is Ed. My oh, name is Ed. Ed, what, taking my call, Ed what's going on? Listen, uh, Mitch McConnell, his wishbone is where his backbone should be. He's uh, one of the good old boys. He's just in there to get what he wants to skate through, and if he gets his little feelers hurt, he's going to be just like John McCain and uh, Mitt Romney. Oh, my feathers are ruffled. Now I'm going to turn on you or I'm going to uh, go against you. He just goes along to go along, and he needs to be out of there. Now that he's been reelected, he thinks he's got, he can just coast the rest of the way. But he needs to be called out on the carpet, and he needs to be removed from leadership. Without a doubt. Yeah, I don't care if he keeps getting reelected. I don't want the guy to be the leader. I, I think that's the point here. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. That, that's my point. If the people of Kentucky, and there are a lot of people listening from Kentucky right now, if the people of Kentucky want this clown to be their senator, I, who am I? I'm telling you, you shouldn't. I'm telling you, he should be primary and he should lose. And you should get somebody else in there, somebody who's actually going to work for you. But if that's what you want, then I accept the, the results of the election. But that doesn't mean that the Senate has to make him leader. What the hell did he do other than being there forever? What did he do to get the, the leadership role? What has he done? What is it? Because when it comes to actually getting something done, he's not that guy. When it comes to just being there a long time, he is that guy. But so what? A lot of people have been there for a long time. Back at it, Scott is in Kentucky. Scott, what's the story, man? Fill me in. So here's 
my take on it. Just a lot, just the same with the news media picking two or three of our presidential candidates for the Republican National Convention. They did the same thing with with uh, Mitch. They said, oh, he's the only one that can beat the, his opponent. Oh, he's the only one that can do this. They did it with Matt Bevan. They, they went back and forth, back and forth, but then he lost, and Matt Bevan ran for governor, and Mitch said, oh, he's a great guy for a governor, but he wasn't good enough to be a senator. It was no. it was Matt, it was Matt Bevin that was challenging Mitch McConnell that I was talking about when I was on in Kentucky and for some I forget who I was in for, um, but but the the McConnell yeah. campaign they listened to every station there and they called in immediately and I wasn't going to take their garbage until I said have Mitch call right now I'm not talking to some some proxy not going to talk to some yeah. some assistant have him call right now let's have the conversation they wouldn't do it so at the end of the day yeah. if if that's the way it's happening he it keeps getting reelected from Kentucky as I said a minute ago all right whatever I mean who am I to tell you who to vote for in Kentucky but once he gets to the Senate, why should he have the leadership role? He sucks at it. He does. He does. But it's it, it's the news media playing the game of, of pitching for him and saying he's the only one that can do this. No, he's not. Get the dude out of there. I voted against him much, much as it, it killed me. I voted for Matt Bevins. Uh, but, you know, I was just like, what does he do? Nothing. He, he turns his back on us. Is there is there a movement at all in Kentucky to get his ass out of there or not? I don't know. In, in 2008, I don't know if you remember this, in 2008 when Obama got elected, there was that huge stimulus bill, right? Yeah. Well, Mitch McConnell was running around banging his chest saying, I'm not going to vote for it, and he didn't. But three days after it was voted on, USA Today put out an article showing the top 10 pork barrel spending, and he was number six. Yeah. So he knew it was. He, he, so, so what he did was he knew that it would pass. He voted against it, knowing he would still get his pet projects done. Exactly. Beat uh, his chest. Oh, I voted against it. But yeah. all his buddies got all these pitch. I got you. No, no, I hear you. Listen, I appreciate you. Open line now, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Drew in Kentucky, one minute, Drew. Go ahead. It's all yours. Hey, Pags, I just want to tell you, there's a bunch of grassroots guys around here, voters, that are not going to vote for it in the primary this year. Uh, there's been lots of things. Can you put your face on the phone, brother? I'm having a, you're very muffled. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, there's a lot of grassroots voters that are not going to vote for Mitch this year in the primary. Um, Why? Well, I hope that's true. A lot of the groups, I, a lot of the groups I'm in, are, people are saying we've got to get him out of there in the primary, and we've got some good candidates this year, so we're looking for it. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks. Open line now. 888-941-PAGS. JoePags.com. Kentucky is a great state. Kentuckians are great people. I don't know why you keep on sending this guy back. There must be something that he's doing that I'm not seeing, something that he's promising that I'm not seeing. Maybe there's big money backing him. I have no idea. But what I do know is once he gets there, he is not he is not deserving and is not required to be somebody who is just handed leadership. He should be an also-ran that you never hear from him again. I just put him in the back of the room somewhere. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Cicely Davis running for District 5 out of the great state of, uh, of Minnesota when we come back. Stay here. Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really wonderful to have this young lady back. She's running against Elon Omar for that seat, District 5 Republican, the great state of Minnesota. It's Cicely Davis. Cicely, how are you? Good to see you again. It's great to see you. Thanks you for having me. So yesterday I did this big, long monologue about, about eight minutes long about how stupid it was that this administration um, is, is talking about doing what you and I are going to talk about today. Initially, Cicely, I thought it was the Babylon Bee. I thought it was the Onion. I thought it was a fake news story. There was no way we're going to spend 30 to $50 million on providing crack pipes to quote-unquote underserved communities. You heard about this. What, what did you think immediately? A $30 million grant to, um, in the, under the guise of health equity um, it's absolutely ridiculous. I tell you what, I hope that this is enough. Um, you know, you always try to figure out where do we draw the line. Yeah. I hope that this actually starts that awakening for black Americans in particular or the underserved people of color to recognize that this is the racist party. The Democrats are the racist party. I hope this is enough, that this is where the line is drawn and that there is a real recognition. CicelyDavis.com, C-I-C-E-L-Y, Davis.com. Go there, supporter candidacy, taking on Elon Omar, District 5 in the state of uh, Minnesota. So let's break this down. The actual language they used was they wanted to provide crack pipes to underserved communities. That means communities that aren't getting enough crack pipes, I guess. That's very strange, just in regular English. And then they said, you actually made it nicer for them. They literally said to promote racial equity. Uh, racial, not even health equity, racial equity. How exactly is it that we want a similar outcome for all racial backgrounds when it comes from smoking, when it comes to smoking crack? That's literally what they're saying. This isn't equality, and there wouldn't, I want, I don't want equality in crack pipes anyway. Um, but racial equity literally means the same outcome for every race, ancestral background, and so on when it comes to smoking crack or shooting heroin. Seriously, what happened to my America? I'm confused. Well, you know what? You shouldn't be, because I think that the Democrats have been very clear about their direction and how they feel about people of color. This is the party that, um, you know, had Woodrow Wilson, who was our president, who actually showed, um, you know, the first Klan movie in the White House. This is the party um, of Joe Biden, who says, if you won't, if you ain't, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Mm. This is the party that had a woman dressed as a monkey taunting Larry Elder and then called it, you know, um, in the name of of supporting America, right? But then wore a race suit and wore a monkey suit, right? This is the party that when Ami went on um, the, the campus in the college, you know, they said that black people weren't able to use the internet for, to get a driver's license. And even if they did, they wouldn't know where to find it. Yep. So I think that it's been very clear. I just, again, I'm wondering where do we draw that line? Because this is telling the the slave mentality, um, the plantation is absolutely very real. And they're just simply telling us what they actually think of people of color. Cicely Davis is her name. She's a candidate for Congress, District 5, Republican, the great state of Minnesota. I'll add a couple of more. Uh, they go and put you all back in chains. Uh, he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle. Joe Biden was the author of the, of the Prison Reform Act in the early 90s where those who were arrested on crack crimes were exponentially punished more than those arrested on powder cocaine crimes. In other words, black people generally, which is where crack was, would get punished more than white people generally where the white powder was when it came to cocaine. This is who this guy is. This is who this guy has always been. I'll add one other one. He also said that blacks and Hispanics couldn't find lawyers or accountants. 
I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure all the blacks and Hispanics I know have phones and can look up lawyers and have friends and family who are lawyers. But this is who they are. Their mentality truly is a deep-seated racism that somehow, because you're a different ancestral background than me, Cicely, you're not as smart as I am. How do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis knowing half the country who identifies as Democrat follows these idiots? Right. And so this is this is what's really difficult for me. This is why I'm running, right? So it isn't just about a failing administration and poor leadership. This is literally about a party that literally lives to insult, right? They completely ignore all of our principles, everything that America is founded upon. They're about a great cover-up but they absolutely want to keep the plantation alive. And so this is, their part of me wants to educate my people, to educate people of color, get them to really pull the veil out from over their eyes and recognize that just because this party is represented by people who look like you, it does not mean that they're for you. And that's the educational piece that I need to get out. I think more than ever, this is so overt. Um, And, you know, I tried to find some humor in this and I said, Crackpipes. I'm like, what is Hunter Biden now writing policy out there for, <laughs> for people underserved? I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. But you should absolutely, if you are considered underserved or a person of color, particularly black people, you should absolutely, absolutely be offended. And you should take that offense on November 8th to the voting booth. CicelyDavis.com, go and uh, support her candidacy against Elon Omar in District 5 in Minnesota. I saw a piece of video last week from uh, from Harlem. And there was a gentleman who lived in Harlem his entire life, probably my age, mid-50s, maybe mid-60s, something like that, who was flabbergasted that there was now a facility that the government is renting to invite those who are smoking crack, doing heroin, doing meth, doing whatever illicit drug you can name. They're inviting them to go and do it there because they'll be safer doing it there. This guy said, you know, I don't want people to be hooked on drugs. I want to help people. But you're actually inviting them to my neighborhood? This is really happening in my America. I happen to be a black man. Are people in this country, other than whites and other than Democrats who are the plantation owners, are people in this country waking up? Are those that we're calling BIPOC, which is a new term for me, are people of color, are those other than whites waking up like that guy did, or is he an anomaly? You know what? They are in my district, I can tell you that. Yeah. There is great movement. I tell you what, this is so encouraging, not this policy, not this grant program, but what's encouraging is that now conversations are happening because when you get slapped in the face, you know, you feel that sting and then you have to assess, right? And so when someone says to you that in the name of equity, I'm gonna make sure that you're able to smoke crack and methamphetamine so that you're safer. I think that you would have to, if you have any amount, I mean, half a gnat's brain, okay, I'm, I'm fired up today. Um, yeah, good, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, um, would be able to assess and recognize that this is not an administration. These are not leaders who actually value me. And the offense of low expectation yep. is absolutely causing demise. Um, and it should cause a lot of offense in, in, in black people. Absolutely. I know for one, I'm absolutely offended. Well, this isn't new though. And, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples through history. Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood in black neighborhoods, made deals with black reverends and pastors who told the girls in, in black neighborhoods to have the abortion because Margaret right. Sanger wanted to weed out the undesirables. Black people were undesirable to her. She was a eugenicist. And then we can go back and say, well, hold on a second. The family structure in black families a hundred years ago was almost identical identical to the family structure in white families, 70, 80, 90% 
80% mother, father, kids. Now you've got 70, 80% just the mother and the kids. Dad can plant the seed and do anything he wants. You know why? Because the government said, don't worry, we'll fill the void. We'll be the dad. Now the government is saying, instead of helping you keep the family structure together and giving you the economic uh, equal opportunity that you deserve, now instead of giving you rehab for drugs, we'll help you do the drugs more. You don't have to get off drugs. You don't have to have fathers in your house. We'll take care of it. We'll, we'll throw some money at it. We'll give you a facility to go to. We'll give you a clean crack pipe and a clean, uh, and a clean needle. Sissy, isn't this a way just to keep on controlling black people? This is Absolutely. just really, this is the government is the dad. The government is, is, the, is a crack pipe su- a provider. You, as a black person, can't go out and, and enjoy equal opportunity if they have their thumb on your head. Not if we have Democrats in rule. And let me add another one. Um, so the great corporation, let's keep that in mind, corporation of burn loot and murder black yes. lives matter right. where their original original um statement was that they were against traditional family yep okay so you have literally institutions programs and policies that have deliberately set out to dismantle um the black family and you've you've stated it like i said i brought up woodrow wilson the president who actually showed the very first clan movie in the white house when he got into office he literally fired all black federal um, federal workers and kept one as the token black. Right. This is also the president who was responsible for the second wave of the Klan. And I can go on and on and on. And so the data is there. The examples are piling up. This is a matter of not, um, this is not a matter of an overt versus covert. This is a matter of black people actually waking up and recognizing that you are in the wrong party. You need to come back home to your original voting party, which is Republicans, and we can turn this thing around and get back to being Americans. After the World War, actually after the Civil War, there were a bunch of black legislators who were all Republicans. Black people were always Republican, but in the 1930s, you had FDR promised uh, the New Deal. Everybody's going to benefit. Guess what? He left blacks and Hispanics out of it because he left service workers out of it, which were those, those jobs were being filled by black people generally. So they were not getting the benefit of the New Deal, but they did make the switch because economically speaking, I'll hold my nose if it helps my pocketbook. And that's how they gained the control. It's Cicely Davis, CicelyDavis.com. Go to the website, go and support her candidacy. Let's talk about District 5 specifically. It's a huge Somali population. That's why Elon Omar won. And some would say Project Veritas has shown there was also some you know funny business going on with the ballots. How do you win in that district? How do you get the, even those who are Somali refugees or who are now citizens that can vote? How do you get them to vote for you and not somebody that they think they can align with more? Yeah. So let me let me let me let you know that the Somali community is actually quite small. <laughs> is it really? So, OK. Yeah. So combined blacks and Somalis together only make up 16.3%. So let me tell you who How did she win then? Yeah, so she won by six, the, the greater 63.6% of white, <laughs> white liberals. Wow. That's actually who's putting her in. So people who push the um, white fragility, right? Um, white privilege, people who believe in critical race theory right. and intersectionality. And those are the people who are actually pushing her in. So the ones who would support a $30 million grant to in the, in the, in, under the guise of racial equity um, are the ones who are pushing her in. So we actually have to wake those people up. So 30%, by the way, 30% of black males last year in Minnesota actually voted for Donald Trump. So when I talk about that awakening, that is honestly, that's huge. Yeah. That is huge. But I have to deal with these white liberals and getting them to understand that you're not helping. Right? You know, one, one of my biggest oh. stations is in yeah. Minneapolis, St. Paul, and we've yeah. had them for a long time. And I hear from people mm-hmm. all the time, very frustrated from that area. 
Syria. You're the yeah. first person to tell me that it's that that smaller percentage of Somalis and blacks and that it's really yeah. the white guilt people like Jacob Fry who are Correct. out there doing this. When I saw Jacob Fry say, you know, uh, give them the precinct and the Black Lives Matter and Antifa took down a police precinct, it blew my mind. When I saw him kneel in front of Black Lives Matter uh, with his stupid mask on, it made me sick. It made me sick to my stomach. So you're saying it's either guilt-ridden or power and control people who are white in that area are the ones that are electing her, really? That's correct. And so, you know what, this white guilt, and it, what it does is it empowers the elite, right? So she has a, um, Ilhan Omar has an elitist um, uh, agenda, right? It's yes. keeping the elite high, making all the rules. Um, what applies for you does not apply to me, right? So I want to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. And then yet at the same time, I won't set foot in Minneapolis without my full security to keep me safe. Right. So everything for me and none for thee is how she operates. And so it's just time for me to go to Congress um, in Washington to hold her to account. Well, well I, I, I agree with you, Sissy, but here's the problem. I, I, I yeah. believe everything you just said. It's yep. the white guilt-ridden idiots that are doing it, the enlightened ones, the ones who feel like they have to do so. How do you, how do you switch them? If they're the ones getting her elected, how do you win? Yeah. So I think that um, this game has been played one way, right? Yeah. Um, most most candidates in the past have kind of stuck to their red talking points. Yes. And what we need to do is actually calm things down and get this district to unify, right? This this is not the Democratic Party. This is something altogether different. Agreed. And my message has been to them is that you don't have a party right now. Your party has been hijacked by a Marxist, socialist, tyrannical agenda. If you really want to get back to R versus D eventually, then we need to at least take the enemy out. We have a common enemy right now who has a very specific agenda, and it's all about new world order. Let's get that out, and we can get back to being Congressional District 5, and then we can kind of get back to a real playing field. But right now, their party has been hijacked, and they are starting to recognize. Very well said. Uh, Cicely, I, ho- I hope you, you, you win. I, I do. I hope that uh, nothing but the best for you. I don't like that she's okay with 90% taxes. I don't like that she's an elitist, that uh, the squad uh, all total last year spent $200,000 on private security while telling right. people to defund the police that keeps their own city safe. She doesn't clearly care about the city. She's somebody who doesn't appreciate the, the gift that she was given by coming here uh, to America. And, and we need somebody who's got their, their brain on straight. And I think that you're, you're the right person. CicelyDavis.com, C-I-C-E-L-Y, Davis.com. Go there and support her candidacy, running for District 5, Republican out of the great state of Minnesota. Cicely, let's do this often. I really appreciate you taking the time. I've got to go because I think that the mailman came and I might have got my crack pipe. There it is. You, never... you know what? You can't pass it up. It's free. Exactly <laughs> right. So that's the website. That's where they should go. Should they follow you elsewhere or not? Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CicelyDavisMN. Perfect. All right, we're going to do this. Cicely, come back on soon, will you? I will do that. Absolutely. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pad Show. Uh, great to have you. Very, very smart lady. I hope she does really great in that district. That district des- deserves a whole lot better than Elon Omar. Uh, she is out for herself. She's proven that. She's a member of the squad that looks out for their own. 
and uh, doesn't really seem to care about what happens to anybody else in the district. Let's defund the police while I've got my own private police force. It doesn't make any sense. It's never made any sense. It's not going to make any sense. Let me tell you about what does make sense. Getting a hold of total financial freedom. The clock is ticking. Congress is working on a deal to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, They still haven't done a budget. Another continuing resolution. They could play games with money. We can't. When we owe somebody, we've got to pay it. If you've hit your debt ceiling, you're buried in bills, you're trying to keep up with the credit cards, the loans, the timeshares, whatever it is that's costing you money that you can't stay ahead of, get off the treadmill, get a hold of my friends at Total Financial Freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a great job for 15 years, helping people like you resolve their debts and cut payments in half. Don't believe me? Then give them a call, 800-833-9444. Okay, call them right now. Ask about their free book, Debt Dietitian. You get that free book by mentioning my name, Joe Pags, when you call and find out how easy it is to cut your payments. You can appreciate their team. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Zero complaints. Total Financial Now. Give them a call, 800-833-9444. That's 1-800-833-9444. Make that happen right now. Okay. So, Kerry, we're hearing from somebody at a District 5 that seems to be owned by Elon Omar. And, um, and, and I always thought it was because of the, the Somali population. Had you heard before that it's the white people that are voting her in? I had not. No. I thought it was the Somali population, the refugee population, yeah. even the black population. But Cicely Davis says it's the white liberals that are, that are electing her and reelecting her. That's news to me. I know that. Yeah. I had never heard that. Had no clue. We're going to keep an eye on that race. There are some other people who are challenging Elon Omar as well. We'll keep an eye on them as well. Let me go to Polo. Let's do some popular. Oh! Hi, brother man. What's going on? All right. So TMZ is reporting that apparently Bob Saget did not die of a heart attack or a stroke, as many thought uh, initially. So sources are telling TMZ that after checking with the Ritz Carlton Hotel, that he may have hit his head on something and that he ended up bleeding from his brain. And that's how he ended up dying. Whoa. Yeah, so he... Because they, they, they said no drugs or no foul right, play right. and was, they, was and assumed. They've, and, they've, and they've confirmed that, that there were no drugs, no alcohol, nothing in his system like that. They just think that he hit his head and he didn't realize how bad the hit to his head was. And he, he laid down. He went to sleep and then died. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. All right, man, I appreciate the update. That's Polo, that's Carrie, that's CJ in for Sam. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.